Making sure a business thrives is challenging, but sometimes the solution can lie right in the numbers. Uh, specifically, 37,000, 25, and 1. Now, these aren't just figures. They're a gateway to more visibility and decisive control in your business. Let's start with 37,000. That's the amount of businesses who've embraced NetSuite by Oracle, the ultimate cloud financial system revolutionizing accounting, financial management, HR, and beyond. And 25? That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do everything from accelerating financial closures to slashing operational costs. And every business is unique, making yours the one that matters. NetSuite offers tailored solutions to amplify your key performance indicators, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Ready to optimize? Download NetSuite's coveted KPI checklist, engineered to elevate your performance consistently, absolutely free. Visit netsuite.com slash cbs now. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Tonight, the big news from Pfizer, why the company says the standard two-dose regimen may not be enough to protect against the new Omicron variant. COVID cases spike in the U.S., but there's good news tonight. The number of Americans getting vaccinated is on the rise. But does the new strain mean you'll need a fourth dose sooner than expected? Plus, we're in South Africa, where scientists say Omicron may not be as dangerous as the Delta variant. Former officer on trial. Opening statements today for the Minnesota policewoman who claimed she mistakenly drew her gun instead of her taser, killing 20-year-old Dante Wright. Instagram in the hot seat. Senators grill the app's CEO as concern grows that the social media giant isn't doing enough to protect America's children. California's climate crisis. We're walking on a lake bed right now. We should be underwater. The drastic measures in a county of 200,000 people to save water and the app that could help. Eye on America, what one police department is doing to reduce crime and build trust in the community it serves. Purple Heart recognition. Following a CBS News investigation, the Army honors 39 soldiers with brain injuries after last year's Iranian missile strike. Tiger Woods returns his big announcement tonight. And season of giving. The father and daughter duo on a mission to help people who lost their homes in California wildfires. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting tonight from Los Angeles. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with a key vaccination milestone here in the U.S. With new COVID cases and hospitalizations spiking across the country again and a highly contagious new variant spreading to more countries, we've learned today that more than 200 million Americans are now fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. That's roughly 60 percent of the population. And the pace of vaccinations is picking up for both first shots and boosters. Demand for the vaccine has been high amid the new surge and the emergence of the Omicron variant. And today, Pfizer said that early research finds that the initial two shots of its vaccine appears to be much less effective against Omicron than previous variants. But a booster dose offers significantly more protection. We have new reporting on Omicron tonight from South Africa. But CBS's Nikki Batiste is going to lead off our coverage from New York. Good evening, Nikki. Nora, good evening. Both Johnson & Johnson and Moderna tell CBS News tonight they're testing their current vaccine's effectiveness against Omicron and pursuing a booster to target the new variant in case it's needed. 
As the Omicron variant spreads across the country, Pfizer announced today its booster shot offers significant protection. The booster shot could be the answer to the challenge that we're facing with the Omicron. But only a quarter of eligible Americans have had a booster, just as COVID hospitalizations jumped nearly 30% in the past month, driven by the Delta variant. Four states, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, are responsible for half of that increase. Michigan hit a record number of hospitalizations this week. And in South Africa, a much higher number of young children have been in the hospital with the new variant. We have just, as you know, rolled out uh, children 5 to 11, and today's data suggests we need to plan for also boosting them sooner rather than later. Michael Dolston is Pfizer's chief scientific officer. Do you think there's any chance we might need a fourth shot at some point because of Omicron? I think it is very likely that we will need a fourth boost possibly already this spring, particularly if Omicron continues to dominate. The head of the CDC said tonight most U.S. Omicron cases are in vaccinated people. Nearly all have mild symptoms with cough, congestion and fatigue. Meanwhile, the chief scientific officer of Pfizer told me they expect to have a vaccine for children as young as six months by the summer. Nora? That is some news. Nikki Batiste, thank you. In South Africa, where Omicron was first discovered last month, cases have jumped from about 200 per day to about 20,000. CBS's Deborah Pata reports tonight from Johannesburg. Firmly in the grip of a COVID storm driven by Omicron, South Africa's fourth wave looks nothing like previous ones. Six months ago, this COVID ward was overflowing with patients. Now it's completely different. It's half empty despite soaring infections across the country. This was the same hospital during the Delta-fueled third wave, overwhelmed, desperately short of oxygen and running out of ICU beds. But this time round, says COVID doctor Farid Abdullah, patients so far have had mild symptoms with very few requiring oxygen. We've never seen that before. Normally in a COVID ward, you would have 80 to 90, I would even go as far as saying 95% of patients would be in some form of supplemental oxygenation. South African scientists have released the first results on Omicron's potency, finding it significantly reduces vaccine protection, but not completely. Virologist Alex Segal believes antibodies from either vaccines or previous infections will stop the disease from becoming more severe. I'm hopeful that because of all this previous immunity that while a lot of people will be infected, uh, the uh, most of the disease is going to be quite mild. Although vaccine rates remain low in South Africa, just over 25%, so many people have been previously infected with COVID, it's providing high levels of natural immunity. South Africa is ramping up its inoculation drive. Health regulators have approved boosters for everyone over 18, and the government is considering making vaccines mandatory. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you. And we want to turn now to the trial of a former Minnesota police officer who said she made a fatal mistake drawing her gun on Dante Wright instead of her taser, shooting and killing the unarmed 20-year-old. David Schumann of our Minneapolis station WCCO was in court for the opening statements. I killed a boy. Those were the defendant's words. 
prosecutors said former police officer Kimberly Potter was reckless and culpable for the death of 20-year-old Dante Wright. Potter's body camera captured the moment the routine traffic stop turned deadly. Last April, outside of Minneapolis, Potter and a rookie officer stopped Wright after spotting an air freshener illegally hanging from his rearview mirror and expired tags. Potter's partner tried to arrest Wright for having an outstanding warrant on a misdemeanor gun charge, but he resisted and tried to drive away. During the struggle, Potter shouted a taser warning before firing her handgun, killing Wright with a single bullet to his chest. I grabbed the wrong gun! I shot him! Potter is charged with two counts of manslaughter in the first and second degree. And she pulled the trigger and she shot him in the chest. And she did those things without bothering to confirm what was in her hand. Potter's attorneys admit she made a mistake confusing her Glock 9mm pistol for the taser. Her attorney says she was trying to protect an officer when she shot right. All he has to do is stop and he'd be with us. But he goes. She can't let him leave because he's going to kill her partner. Wright's mother, Katie Bryant, was on the phone with her son when the incident played out. You guys shot him, why? Video was shown of her at the scene. She was emotional as she relived that day. I wanted to comfort my baby. I wanted to hold him. And I wanted to protect him because that's what mothers do. You protect your children. You make sure that they're safe. This trial is in the same courtroom where former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd. Unlike Chauvin, Potter is expected to testify on her own behalf. Nora. David Schumann, thank you. Instagram CEO was on Capitol Hill today, fending off questions from angry senators who say the social media giant isn't doing enough to protect kids. As CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports, lawmakers are demanding change. Now I recognize that many in this room have deep reservations about our company. In the Senate hot seat, Instagram had Adam Masseri pushed back on claims the app can be toxic for teens. Instagram is addictive. Respectfully, I don't believe the research suggests that our products are addictive. Masseri's first appearance on Capitol Hill follows leaked internal documents showing the app proved harmful to young girls, increasing anxieties about body image and encouraging some teens to even contemplate suicide. He told senators Instagram supports an industry-wide body to determine best practices for safety issues, like verifying age, building age-appropriate experiences, and effective parental controls. I think we have to reach the point where we realize some real bad stuff is happening. And um, you're the new tobacco, whether you like it or not, and you've got to stop selling the tobacco. 15-year-old Mason Bogard died after apparently attempting a choking challenge he saw online. His mother, Joanne. I think now's the time for Congress to pass the legislation so that we can hold them, hold big tech accountable for these things that they're letting slide through. They're harming our kids. Ahead of the hearing, Instagram announced new safety tools that will encourage teens to take a break after prolonged use and will soon roll out its first set of parental controls. The senators were not impressed. For me, this is a case of too little, too late. Three hours a day. Is that a good use of kids' time? I'm a parent. I ultimately think that it's a parent, that a parent knows best what's best for their teen. So the appropriate amount of time should be a decision by a parent about the specific teen. 
Now, one senator told Misery he believes when Instagram sees kids, the company sees dollar signs, but parents should see stop signs. It's another indication of growing and broad bipartisan support to regulate big tech, particularly when it comes to kids and teens. Nora. Yeah, that's a big story. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. And here in California, the state is suffering through a drought. More than a quarter is experiencing exceptional drought. That has some communities restricting everyday activities like taking a shower, activities that most of us take for granted. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. We're walking on a lake bed right now. We should be underwater. And this is where your town's water comes from. Does it concern you? Deeply. Stephanie Hellman is mayor of Fairfax, California, in the heart of Marin County, where annual average rainfall is nearly 40 inches. But not this year. Almost all of California is facing extreme drought. As beautiful as it is, it's frightening. It's forcing drastic measures on all 200,000 county residents, now told to cut water usage to just 55 gallons per day. Dramatic, considering a 10-minute shower uses about 25 gallons, 40 for a load of laundry, and a single sprinkler head can spray out 15 gallons per minute. You can't use those anymore. No. I mean, it's one-third of our water usage. The new restrictions mean no refilling swimming pools or fountains. You can't wash your car in your driveway, and outdoor irrigation is prohibited. There's no irrigation at all until June. None? None. John Ware and his wife Margaret moved here because of the lush landscape. We've got like a third of an acre of mature trees and plants and flowers, and I don't want to lose them. So they just installed 2,000-gallon tanks to store rainwater. You're capturing the water over there, and you're pumping it here. Correct. Many homeowners here are finding almost 80% of their drinking water goes to irrigation, laundry, and toilets. That's just ridiculous that we're using, think about it, fresh water to flush toilets. Paul Mann installs systems to capture and recycle water for outdoors. It comes with an app that sends an alert when you use too much. Imagine if everybody did this. We would have true sustainability despite the crisis that we're in with climate. Now, some of the biggest water wasters in Marin could face fines of more than $500, and that is on top of their regular bill. And, Nora, if there is no significant rain in the next couple of months, those reservoirs could be unusable by summer. It's a real emergency. Carter Evans, thank you. All right, we're going to turn now to one police department's efforts to reduce crime and build trust in the community it serves. In tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Nancy Chen takes us to the city of Racine, Wisconsin, where for some officers, policing begins at home. Growing up in one of Racine, Wisconsin's toughest neighborhoods, 17-year-old Kamari Andrew says his reaction to seeing police was instinctive. My impression of law enforcement was to run from them all the time. Push back from here to hold it on. But that started to change five years ago when he met Officer Tim Sisler just a few houses down. Was it like the hangout spot it to was. go to after school? It was. This is a COP house, short for community-oriented policing. It's one of six homes manned by a lone officer whose job is to know everything happening in that neighborhood. Anything that occurs in that neighborhood, they should they should know about it. Trends in crime, if there's a spike in theft from vehicles or if there's a spike in shootings. The houses are spread across the city, leased by Racine Police. Officers working out of these homes are assigned to three-year posts. We're all about helping these kids to be successful. 
Police Chief Maurice Robinson. How do you think that that has changed this community's approach to policing? It's simply put, they know that we're accessible. Oh, we can. We are not an occupying army. We're here to help. <laughs> the houses also serve as neighborhood gathering places, a space for children to come together. Have a good weekend. And even a place for the Salvation Army to feed the neighborhood. Results have been mixed, but police say crime has fallen nearly 70% in one neighborhood since they moved in. Chief, even a few decades ago, this would have been unsafe for us to be outside here. It would have been challenging. The ride is going down. The program was put to the test during protests last summer after a COP house was set on fire. Residents defended a house officer after someone threw an object at him. You gotta be quiet because they're respecting us, so you need to respect them. A sign of progress, but not complete success. Have you met any negative reaction from the community? In the time that I've been here, I have not seen that. Now, there are people who don't want us to be on the block because there are people who have other intentions that are extra legal that don't want to have us as close to seeing what they're doing as we can be. Andrews credits the COP house and Sisler for helping keep his life on track. Before I even met Officer Tim, I was in, going in the wrong path. I was only like 11 years old, hopping, fizzes, breaking windows type thing. If it wasn't for meeting Officer Tim, I, wasn't, I wouldn't be able to get that reality check that I've been needing. Oh, I'm on a pinto beans, man. Sisler has since become a detective, but has stayed in the teen's life. I said, look, man, I, I didn't. I didn't run away from you last time. I'm not going to run away from you this time. You slide that right in there. Building a community, one house and one block at a time. For Eye on America, Nancy Chen, CBS News, Racine, Wisconsin. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Convicted killer Scott Peterson was back in court today hearing a new sentence for the murder of his pregnant wife, Lacey. This time he got life in prison. Peterson was originally sentenced to death 17 years ago, but it was overturned last year. All right, some news is the Army will award the Purple Heart to 39 soldiers initially denied the honor. They were injured when Iran attacked their base in Iraq almost two years ago. A CBS News investigation last month found the soldiers were not recognized and denied the medical benefits that come with a Purple Heart, even though they seemed to qualify. All right, Tiger Woods is ready to tee up again at a competition. Woods and his 12-year-old son, Charlie, will play in a family tournament 10 days from now in Orlando. He tweets he'll participate as a dad and couldn't be more excited and proud. It was just last February that Woods' right leg was shattered in a car crash outside here in Los Angeles. Tonight, we have the incredible story of a family on a mission to help people whose homes here in California were wiped out by wildfires. Here's CBS's Jamie Wax. Look at the palm trees. This father-daughter duo from Denver is road tripping to California. 
Woody Faircloth and his nine-year-old daughter Luna are on a mission to help those left homeless by the state's deadly wildfires. Really an home stretch. They've personally delivered about 20 RVs, mostly to first responders, veterans, and firefighters, like Don George. This year, as he was saving the homes of others, he lost his own. I went to the crew and I go, I got to go check on my house, and it was already too late. It's gone. That's your co-pilot? That's my co-pilot. All right. I got keys for you. Thank you. I got a title for you. Oh, wow. Thank God for Woody. Renewed my faith in mankind. Giving to others has paved the way to a stronger bond. It's been really special for the two of us just to be able to spend that time together and to make a difference. It's not just about her and it's not just about me. It's about the people that we're helping. Dad, God, and Santa are going to be very proud of us. What makes you most proud? That I've made a really big change in the world for a lot of people. Including one little girl who's grown wise beyond her years. Jamie Wax, CBS News. Tomorrow, FedEx says they'll ship 100 million more packages this holiday season. How will they get it done? Well, we got some rare access to the processing center. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Have a good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.